So we start a new series today called Room for More, and uh, there, there's two parts to the, to the title. There's the more part, um, and as we move into a new year, usually more is what's on our mind, right? We're, we're thinking, I'm moving to a new year. How can I get more out of this new year? Some people enter the new year thinking, I want more money, right? Financial uh, resolutions are really popular going into a new year. How can I make more? How can I save more? How can I pay off more debt? Uh, how can I contribute more to my retirement? Uh, may- maybe how can I give more? How can I be more generous this year than last year? We want more when it comes to finance. We, this, this is the season of the calendar when we're thinking about more. Some of us are thinking as we go into the new year, I want a more healthy lifestyle, right? I want more of that. I want to exercise more. Uh, I want to eat more of the right things, better nutrition, more nutritious meals. I want more of that. I want to lose more weight, right? More, More is on our mind. Some of us are thinking about our family and our friends, and we're thinking about how do I spend more time with the people that matter to me? How do I spend more time with my closest friends who encourage me? How do I spend more time with my spouse? How do I have more date nights in 2022? How do, I, how do we have more dinners around the table? How do I take more vacation time so I can spend more time with my kids and my spouse and maybe my grandkids? More. This is, this is a season of more, right? We, we're, we're trying to figure out how do we get to more. In our spiritual life, I think God wants more for the new year as well, right? So some of us have spiritual resolutions for the new year, and, and they could be a range of things. Maybe your, one of your spiritual resolutions is, I, I need to be in worship more. And if, if that was your re- resolution, you're doing great. You're here. Good job. Keep it up. Or maybe you need to pray more, or, or maybe your thought is, I need to read the Bible more, or I need to forgive more, or I need to love my neighbor as myself more. This is, this is a time of more, and not just in the kind of our personal areas, but in our, in our spiritual life too. God wants more as we go into 2022, but in order for there to be more, you and I have to make room for more. Right, that's the conversation we don't always want to have. We want to have the more conversation. I'd like more of some things, but we don't always ask, all right, how am I going to create room for this more to take place? Because almost all more in our life requires that we take room from some other part of our life so that we can have more in that area of our life. You can say you want more money or you want to save more, or you want to pay off more debt, but the reality is that's got to come from somewhere. Like you got to make room for that in your existing budget somewhere. You could try tomorrow morning going into the office and telling your boss, look, I've made a New Year's resolution to save more and pay off more debt, so I need you to give me more money in 2020. It's probably not going to go well for you. You're probably going to be looking for a job tomorrow afternoon, which means you're going to have more problems this time tomorrow. You don't get to just get more without making room for more. Want to exercise more? Great, great resolution. Love it. You still only get 24 hours every day. And somehow, if you want to exercise more, then you've got to create room for that to take place 
in your life. Same thing with your family. You want to spend more time with your kids, with, with friends that encourage you. you. want to spend more time with your spouse. Wonderful resolution, wonderful goal. You've got to create room for that. You've got to push some things back so that you have space to do the things that you now think are most important. Same thing spiritually. You want to pray more, you want to read your Bible more, you want to attend church more, great, wonderful resolutions. I'm all for those. But the reality is your pace can't continue at the pace that it's going right now and you include more. Right? You can't fill up every weekend and worship with God's people more and connect in community more like just saying I want more doesn't change anything, and that's the hard part. We we don't shift from the more conversation to the room for more conversation, right? In my opinion, this is one of the reasons resolutions struggle to get off the ground because we're really clear that we want more of some things, but but we never put in the work, the discipline to say. I'm going to create room for that more in my life. Most, most of us don't have a lot of room in our life, right? If we're, if we're honest, I mean, if, if we're honest, most of us walk into a new year kind of like this bucket, like rounded on top, over the top, overflowing, filled up, spilling out. Like our life is really full right now. Our life is really stressful right now, right? Our, our life is really piled high right now. We have a lot packed into our life. And then we come to a new year, and we do this every 12 months, right? We walk into a new year, and we think, I want to add more to what my life already is. And you know what would happen if I took this bucket of rocks, and I tried to pour it on top of this bucket of rocks. It would make a big mess, Right? which is what often happens about February. Right? We have all of these resolutions, and we start adding all of these new rocks to our life. We start adding all of these new disciplines or more of these other things, and by February, it has spilled everywhere, and we're picking up the pieces, and we're going right back to the way we used to live because we didn't make room for more. Most of us look like this. And let's give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, right? Most of the rocks in our life are good rocks and meaningful rocks and important rocks and, and things that we need in our life. And then if we're honest, there's some that aren't that important and aren't that meaningful, but we put them in there and we want them in there and we like them in there. Either way, we step into a new year with not a lot of space. And, and, and when it comes to spiritual things, we say to ourselves, well, I want more this year. God, I want you to do more this year. I think God wants to do more this year. We come to God and we say, God, I want you to do more, but we don't create room for him to do more. We don't cre create space. We don't say this exactly. I mean, we don't put this into words. But sometimes we treat God like this. We say, God, here's my life, and I like my life. And yes, it's stressful, and yes, it's full, and yes, it's more uh, crowded than it ought to be, but I don't want to change anything about my life. I don't want to rearrange my life. This is my life. Can you kind of get in the cracks in there somewhere? Because I don't want to take anything out of my life. I don't want to rearrange the parts of my life, but I mean, 
you know, your spirit. So like spirit in there and get in the little, maybe there's an air pocket down in the bottom. Can you just kind of get in there because I don't really want to change anything. And, and here's the thing about God. God's not really a in the cracks sort of figure out your life kind of God. God's a, come on, make room for me. Let, let me be the priority of your life. Don't ask me just to fit in around your calendar and your schedule and all the stuff that you want to do. Carve out space for me to work in your life. Make room for what I want to do in your life. Here's a, here's a principle we don't spend time with this time of year, and that is to have more. We often have to subtract before we can add. We often have to step back and say, look, if I want God to move in my life, i I got to take some things out so I have time to be with Him, so I have time to hear from Him, so, so I have time to have a conversation with him. Often getting to more starts with how can I pull back? How can I have less so that God can do more in my life? And that's true in every area of our lives. That's true in our spiritual lives. That's true in every area. We got to make room for what God wants to do in this new year because I think he wants to do something. I think he wants to move in our lives. In, in, the, in this particular series, I'm going to challenge us to make room for one thing at the beginning of this year. It's not the only thing. Right? I, I, I'm not even going to say it's the most important thing. It's one of many really important spiritual acts, spiritual activities, spiritual disciplines that you and I need to make room for. And what God wants to do in you is going to be a little bit different from what He wants to do in me. But for the next couple of Sundays, I'm going to encourage us in just one area. We've already talked about that area. It's the area of prayer. That if we would just give some space in our lives to talk with God, to be with God on a regular basis, not, God, I'll try to fit it in the cracks. God, I'll try to get to it when I'm not busy. But God, this is going to be our time. I'm going to be with you on a consistent basis because here's the thing. I think if we make space for that, I think if we make space for our relationship with God in prayer, he'll reveal the other things that we need to give attention to. That won't be a problem. God, God will make those things known to us as we give space to talking with him and being with him and walking with him, we're we're going to look at an Old Testament character uh, this morning, and and he's he the only reason we know this character, the only reason we know him is because he prayed. That's the only reason. He's found in First Chronicles, chapter four. If you have your copy of the Bible with you, it's about it's about a third of the way through the Bible. If you start at the beginning, when you get to First Chronicles chapter four, and you just kind of glance at it, um, it becomes obvious that. 1 Chronicles 4 is one of those chapters that's just full of name after name after name after name. 
and like 90% of the names we don't know how to pronounce. All right, we're just guessing at how to pronounce it. We don't know who they are. It doesn't make any sense to us. So, and we've talked before about why these lists are important. Okay, we're not going to go back over that. These lists are important. But when, like in your daily Bible reading, like when you come to one of these chapters, you go, oh, no, please no. Right? You just kind of skip over it. It's one of those chapters. It's just name after name after name after unpronounceable name. Until we get to verse 9. And the author kind of shifts gears. For eight verses, it's name, 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 name. Verse 11. It goes back to name, 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 name. But for two verses, the author decides... I want to tell you about one name in this chapter. This is verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. You would do more. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Random names. Hard to pronounce names. One guy I want to tell you about. You, know, you want to know why I want to tell you about him? Because this guy prayed. He prayed a very specific prayer. The only reason we know this guy is because he prayed. What, what if in 2022... What becomes dominant about our lives is that we pray. What what we become known for, when people think of us a year from now, they think, that person will pray for you. They have prayed for me. That person will pray. That's what Jabez, he's the guy who prayed. And, And here's the wonderful thing about what the Bible teaches, that anyone can pray. Anyone can pray. Anyone can talk to God. There's not like a special language you need. There's not a secret decoder ring. You don't have to wear certain glasses. There's not some mystery to this. This is you talking to God. And the Bible tells us over and over, anybody can do this. You you can be a person of prayer. You can be known for prayer. One of my favorite verses, I bring it up often when we talk about prayer. It comes at the end of the book of James. And James is encouraging people to pray. And he writes in James 5, 17, Elijah, just huge Old Testament prophet character. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Elijah was just a person, and he prayed these bold, powerful prayers, and God responded. Like, God did it. But he's not different from you. He's not different from me. He's not unique. There's not something supernatural about Elijah. He's just a person. Who prayed? Jabez. He's just a person. He's not unique. He's not supernatural. He's not incredible. He just prayed. And when he prayed, a supernatural God responded. Now you see this all throughout the Bible. We prayer after prayer. We, we read about answered prayer after answered prayer. We, we read about miracle after miracle. Like God responding to people who call on his name. It's all throughout 
the Bible, anyone can do this. Here's something else about Jabez. Jabez prayed from a place of burden. He he prayed with a past. He prayed with certain hurt in his life. The Scripture tells us that his mother named him Jabez because she gave birth to him in pain. The name Jabez means pain or one who causes pain. And and we don't know what the pain was. We don't know if it was... uh, an especially traumatic childbirth that caused her to name him pain. Some people think that there was a a tragedy in their extended family. Perhaps Jabez's father had died shortly before he was born, and so his mother gave birth to him in this overwhelming sense of grief and and knew that he was going to be fatherless, and so she knew that his life was going to be painful, and she named him this. Uh, Some people think that he was born with some deformity or disability and his mother looked at that and said well he's gonna he's gonna have a hard life I'm gonna name him pain parents you ever call your kid a pain you ever thought my kid's a pain Jabez's mother names him pain anytime somebody said so tell me your name Jabez I'm the pain I'm the pain. His whole life. Now, now look, I, I realize in our day, most of us probably don't even know what our name means, like the, like the old meaning and where our name came from. We're not as aware of that as they were in the Old Testament. But in the Old Testament, names set the direction of your life. They spoke of who you were. They, they spoke of your character. They, they spoke of your destiny. And every time he heard his name, he was reminded of a burden, of a pain. Our most intense prayers probably come out of burdens. Our most passionate cries to God probably have come out of tragedy and pain. That's where Jabez is. In some ways, shouldn't, shouldn't we always have a burden in our prayer? Like, shouldn't there always be people that we're burdened for? Shouldn't there always be people that are on our hearts? Shouldn't we always have a burden to experience everything God wants for us, to walk in God's ways? Shouldn't, shouldn't we always carry this burden of God? I want to I experience everything that you want to experience for me. Jabez prayed out of this place of a burden. But it wasn't just that. He carried this burden. It's that Jabez understood he was more than the burden. Jabez knew that he was more than the pain that he experienced. Even though he knew pain and experienced pain, Jabez believed and he prayed from a place where he believed he was more than pain. Pain, and I don't want to be dismissive, Pain and tragedy and hurt, it marks us. Let's be honest. It marks us. It shapes things about our life. We can't just dismiss tragedy and burdens and pain that we've had in the past. It does shape us to some degree, but it doesn't define us. And Jabez believed that 
in his relationship to God, he was more than what everybody called him. He was more than what his parents named him. He was more than the experiences he had walked through. He believed God was a God of more, and in spite of his past, in spite of his hurt, in spite of his pain, he could just ask God for more. God, work in my life, and you're the same way, I'm the same way. You are more than what people call you or think about you. You're more than your past. You're more than your failures. You're more than your pain. You're more than your burden, even though there may be pain that has shaped you and, and, and moved you in a certain direction in life. That alone doesn't define you. You have a God who wants to do more in your life. So don't be afraid to ask God for more this year. Don't be afraid just based on your past or, or how you've defined yourself or have, uh, how other people have defined you. Don't let that limit your willingness to ask God to do more in your life because he wants to do more. He did more in Jabez's life. A guy named Payne, he did more in his life just because he called out to him. That can be us this year. Notice his prayer. Jabez's prayer begins with, oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you, would, that you would bless me. And the NIV, in my opinion, misses an opportunity here. There's actually two words with bless me. A lot of translations say, oh, that you would bless me indeed. You know, it's sort of, God, bless me, really bless me. God, bless me, really bless me. This was Jabez's way of saying, God, I'm not, I'm not going to ask for something superficial. Like, I don't want material blessings. God, I want something meaningful. I want something real. I want something true. Deep down, I want you to do a work in me. God, you bless me, and I trust you to decide what that looks like. Notice he's not specific about what this blessing would be. I believe in specific prayers. Okay, That's a whole different message. Like we should pray specific things and we see God give specific answers. I believe that. Jabez, though, in this case, is praying, God, I want what you want in my life. I want the more that you have for me. I want a blessing that's really going to change me. I want a blessing that's going to truly be a blessing in my life. I want more in my life, not just to get more. I want what you want for me. See, that's really what prayer comes down to. Prayer's not me getting things from God. God, here's my list. No, it's okay to pray list. But it's not just, God, I want stuff from you. Prayer's knowing God more. God, I want to know you more, and I want to experience more of what you want me to experience. I want you to decide those things. I want to live in your presence and in your power. God, bless me in a way that's really a blessing, not the way other people define blessing. What is a blessing to you? I want that in my life. I want you, God. And then he prays this interesting phrase. God, bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. God, stretch my borders. God, expand my vision. God, grow my influence. God, help me see more than I've seen 
before. Get me out of my little territory that I've been living in for so long. God, take me somewhere bigger. God, take me somewhere new. God, show me something new this year. I have not seen all there is to you. I, I do not know all the goodness of you. God, show me more. I, I, love, this, I love this geographical illustration that he uses. I think it's really clear. It's like a, a great visual because I think we all tend to get comfortable and complacent within our boundaries. Like we all have our boundaries to our life. And we all tend to get really comfortable in, okay, this is my life, and this is how I do things, and this is, what, this is how I expect God to work, and these are the things I believe about God. And we get really comfortable kind of marking off what God is allowed to do in our lives and what He's not. Like what we're willing to do in order to obey God and what we're not. We, we have these nice little plots in our spiritual life. I've talked to some of you about it uh, recently. Uh, my wife and I, we've been living in the same subdivisions uh, for 13 and a half years. And um, for, for 13 of those years, our subdivision was only half built out. So about half of our section was uh, empty lots. And um, I would tell people when they were coming to our house... I would say, look, once you get to our street, we're the only house in the subdivision. You can't miss it. I just drive. You'll drive straight in. There's no other houses. And next to us, there were three empty lots on one side, three empty lots on the other side. And that's the way it was for 13 years until about six months ago, developer bought the properties. They started clearing land, and, and now they're building houses all around. So don't ask my wife about it. She's very sensitive about it. You won't get away from her, Okay. So when they start working on the house to our right, as you're looking at our house, uh, they're working on the, the, the property to our right, and they cut off about a third of our property. We have kind of a weird-shaped property, and they're putting up the silt fence, and they're cutting a path, and they just lop off like a third of our property. So I have to call the developer, say, hey, you guys messed up. You're going to have to come back and fix this. You kind of went through our property and need you to come get off of our property. And I went outside. Of course, the surveyor had put the stakes in exactly the right place. They just didn't pay any attention to it. So I sent them pictures of the stakes. I sent them the plot from the tax office. This is ours. Now, totally understandable. I hope you agree. When we're talking about physical property, like it's tax records and it's my property and I'm going to resell it one day. And so you know, I don't want there to be confusion about what's mine and what's theirs. Hopefully that's understandable. The problem, I think, is in our, in our spiritual and personal lives. Sometimes we just get really comfortable saying, all right, this is my area. These are my people. This is my spot. And you stay over there, and I'm going to stay here. And this is what I do. And this is how I see the world. And this is how I see other people. And this is the way I've always done it. And I'm going to stay right here in my little property. When maybe, maybe this is the year some of us say, God, I don't want, to, I don't want property lines in my spiritual life. 
I, I don't want to build walls and keep people out. I, I don't want to just do what I've been doing. God, would you please broaden my vision for the work of the kingdom? Would you help me see beyond just the group that I've been in for so long? Would you help me see beyond just the way I've looked at the world for so long? God, would you do something more in my life? Here's what I believe. There is no place for small circles in the kingdom of God. There's just no place... For groups of Christians to say, okay, this is us and we're going to stick with just us and we're going to keep everybody else out and they're the enemy and they're the bad people and we're the good people and we're going to draw our lines and build our walls and we're going to stay in our little area. And what I, I want God to give us in 2022 is a bigger vision for what he wants to do in all people, in all places around the world and how you and I step more and more into what God is doing. Here's the thing, God's vision for you today may look very different from what you thought it was yesterday. Like God's vision for your 40s, if that's you, it, it may look a lot different from the 30s. God may be saying, no, I got something else I want you to do. I, I have another place I want you to go. I have other things that I want you to do. And sometimes as followers of Jesus, we just kind of hit repeat year after year and decade after decade and even generation after generation. And, and maybe at the beginning of this year, we need to pray, God, help me see more. I've never considered doing that. I've never considered being a part of that. I've never considered serving the poor. I've never considered fostering. I've never considered mentoring. I've never considered this. God, I don't want to draw boundaries around what you're calling me to do. I don't want to build walls and think that I already know what you want for my life. God, enlarge my territory. Bust out my boundaries. And this wasn't a selfish prayer on the part of Jabez. In 1 Chronicles 2.55, a city named Jabez is mentioned. And a lot of people think this is the city that this character in chapter 4 founded. It was a city given to training religious scribes who would copy down the law of God copy down the word of God, what becomes our scripture. There were universities that would train people to hear from the Spirit of God and to be led along as they copied down the words that Moses spoke and the law that God gave. What Jabez is praying is not, God, give me a bigger house or God, give me more cars or give me more money. What Jabez is praying is, God, help me see a bigger vision so that I can serve the kingdom of God in bigger ways, enlarge my territory. God, give me more opportunities. Help me not to be blind to opportunities that you wanna, want me to step into. And then he prays. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Let your hand be with me. J Jabez is saying, God, I, I want to walk under your direction when I move out. Right. You're, you're, you're like me, and, and I can be this way sometimes too, especially the beginning of a year. We can like be so excited to do something new, we just sort of run off and do something. 
And Jabez is saying, I don't want to be limited. I don't want to have boundaries. But I also don't want to run away from you, God. I, I, I want to stay within your calling. I want to stay within your will. I want your hand to be on me. I want to walk with you. As, as we're praying, God, do more in our lives. God, enlarge our territory. We also need to be praying. But God, I want to walk with you. I want to stay in your presence. Moses, uh, when he was leading the nation of Israel in Exodus 33, prays, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. We don't want to move until we know that your hand's on us, until we know that you're directing. That's how we want to walk out in 2022. And then Jabez says, real quickly, and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. I think a better translation is keep me from evil, that I will be free from pain. Jabez is not asking for a trouble-free life. In pursuing after God, in, in pursuing what God's calling him to, I think Jabez is saying, God, don't, don't let me disobey you and mess this whole thing up. Keep me from evil. Keep me from sin. As Even as I'm walking out your will, I'm tempted just like anybody else is tempted. We got a whole 12 months where the enemy wants to ruin our lives. He wants to pull us away from what God wants from us. And, and Jabez's prayer is so wonderful. He says, God, I don't want to mess this up. Like, I, don't want, I don't want my sinful nature to mess this up. Guard me from temptations. So I don't want to cause more pain in my life. I've had enough pain in my life, I think Jabez is saying. Like I've, walked, I've walked through enough birds. I don't want to cause more of that by disobeying you. I want to walk in your presence as we go forward. And, and then the little section ends just with this phrase, and God granted his request. And then he starts listing more names we can't pronounce. Right? And God, God did it. He just prayed this, this burdened prayer, this consistent, faithful, this honest prayer, and, and God did it. Well, what might God do? I mean, if you and I just called on him this year, how, how might he move? What, would, what, what might we see and experience? What might happen that we can't even explain because God just granted our request? God just said, yes. Yeah, I've been waiting for you to ask. Yes. Room for more. Just some space in my life where I believe that God hears prayer, answers prayer, and so I'm going to pray. And yeah, you, you may have to rearrange some of this. You probably will. You may have to scoop out some space in your daily life to come to this God who wants to hear from you and He wants to grant your prayers. But wouldn't it be worth it? Wouldn't it be worth it to see God move in response to our prayers? And God will grant prayers this year. 
He will grant prayers in 2022. He will say yes to prayers. I'm not saying he'll say yes to every prayer. God's not an ATM machine. He's not just handing out presents whenever we want them. But I'm telling you, God will say yes to somebody's prayer this year. God will say yes to prayers this year. I want to be somebody that prays those prayers. I want you to be that person too. God, we call on you today. Many of us here, we would admit prayer is hard for us. We struggle to be consistent. We don't always know what to say. But God, we open up your word and again and again, you do powerful things in response to our prayers. We don't have to be good at it. Because you are good and powerful. Just help us to make room for it. Just help us to say the word, to pray the prayers and see what you might do. God, help us not to be those people who we've already filled up our life and we're just hoping you'll kind of work around through the cracks. Help us to be a people in 2022 who say, God, you're first. You're everything to me. You're the priority to me. I'll move whatever I need to move in my life so that you have room to do more. I ask you to grant our request this year. I I ask that we would see the yeses to the prayers that we're going to pray. Or I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.